and welcome to the Total Soccer Show. Daryl here with a preamble, but no skipping. I have some important information for you. If you're hearing this on Tuesday, the US Women's National Team starts Olympic qualifying tonight against Haiti. The game is 8.30 Eastern kickoff and it'll be on Fox Sports 2 and FoxSports.com. We'll have a review of that game on Wednesday's TSS, along with some listener questions. Now, on to today's show. It's a three-part spectacular recorded recently in Baltimore at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. In part one, it's Ira Jersey, friend of the show and co-host of League One Fun. Ira sat down with us to talk all things USL League One, the third tier of American soccer. Part two is Phil Grooms, new friend of the show and co-host of the USL show. Phil talks big picture USL championship with us and I highly recommend listening. Quick shout out to listeners Kaz Tidrick and Richard Rolson, who both recently asked the same-ish listener question, why aren't there more transfers from USL to MLS? Kaz, Richard, I think Phil will answer your question on today's episode. I don't ask Phil directly, but we basically talk about that topic. Part three today sees the return of the Wikipedia game, our soccer trivia showdown, because Ira and Phil were both up for it. So definitely stick around and give that a listen. I also want to tell you that today's TSS is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash and you can outwit the Sheriff of Nottingham. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to totalsoccer.robinhood.com totalsoccer.robinhood.com couple of important things to remember one the sheriff of nottingham has spies everywhere but two all investments involve risk this is not investment advice it's not a recommendation it's not a solicitation of any security other fees may apply visit rbnhd.co fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. And of course, Robinhood Financial is not a bank. And welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove. I'm still in Baltimore, still at the 2020 United Soccer Coaches Convention, still with Taylor Rockwell. Still with Taylor Rockwell. Hello, Hello. buddy. And joined by, from the next booth over on Podcast Row, Ira Jersey of League One Fun. Hello, Ira. Hey, guys. Great to be on the show, not not just trying to play the Wikipedia game with you. (laughs) (laughs) She's been on the show before, yeah, uh, with your son Isaac, played the Wikipedia game. Came close, didn't quite beat me. No, uh, I think he got zero and you got three. So. Okay, so it's close. It's close. Um, I, think I, I remember Ira in the background sort of like, ah, ah, like trying to help, wanting to help, but not being able to. Well, not we, quite we, helicopter. Yeah, we, we missed Juan Mata, I think, was oh, the one that, that, that one. Isaac was really mad about because oh. he's a Manchester United supporter. So Oh, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and then you also came on to talk on the Richmond Kickers mm-hmm. Weekly Correct. show to talk League One because you are, in my eyes, and I believe correctly, a League League One expert because of hosting League One Fun, right? Well, I guess insofar as there's there's two of us that cover the whole league all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm one of two along with my co-host Jason. Yeah. Well, here's here's my first question. Um, I don't think you live in a League One market, so why League One? Why was that the thing that you were like, all right, I'm going all in on this uh, third tier of American soccer division that just started in 2019? And while Ira thinks about that one, I'll add, I have it on good authority that Ira doesn't live within an hour of any professional team. I I believe I was told that yesterday. By Ira. That's correct. Yeah, I live like equidistant to Talon Energy Stadium and Red Bull Arena. <laughs> so <laughs> each exactly like an hour and a quarter away. Um, so actually, you guys were one of the impetuses for this because I've been wanting to do more in the soccer world and helping U.S. soccer build U.S. soccer. And I do youth coaching and youth refereeing, which obviously is a very grassroots way of doing things. And you guys did a show maybe a year and a half ago about 
you know, if you wanted to start your own podcast, here's what you'd have to do. And when they announced that USL League One was going to start in the third tier of U.S. soccer, I said, well, hey, maybe that's something that I could get involved with and, you know, cover the league from a media perspective. Mm -hmm. And it fa I found out 100% your guy's fault. Yeah. Um, so when uh, so, so I was looking around for a potential partners with with the podcast and it turned out that um, that the beautiful game network which is a network of fan uh, fan driven podcasts you know we're not professionals or anything we just are, are fans of the game and and uh, uh, they were starting one and I jumped on board very early and now I, I happen to be the one of the hosts along with mm -hmm. Jason and I, I tell you I really feel how much effort you guys put into doing these shows because it takes a lot of effort to put together a, a show and, and the weekend review that Taylor you, you do with Ryan uh, I don't know how you actually do all of that on Sunday your, your wife must hate you it's a series I, I, of trained monkeys that we have watching all the games <laughs> they write up their notes occasionally it's Shakespeare sometimes it's match reports and then we go from there that is yeah. my favorite recent development on the total cycle Wait, you don't have to do that anymore because <laughs> yeah, so, it's not just getting Monday off it's also getting Sunday off Right? Oh yeah. yeah, that's nice for you. So right. yeah, for you. Before we get into like, we have questions about the league. But what was it that we said that made you go for League One? Was it about like finding a niche or something like that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Was it was it. about finding something that you were passionate about and your niche. And when they announced League One, there's three or four players in the uh, uh, who play in the league that uh, that I uh, that I know. So there was like I this see. personal connection too. Yeah. So you know, just someone that you guys know, like mm -hmm. Scotty Thompson, for example. Yeah. Uh, whose brother you uh, were actually Taylor was just met just met um oh, his, his brother was my i did not uh, realize was, that either yeah his brother <laughs> was right. my son's soccer coach so uh, so you know i had this real personal connection and yeah. uh, you know i met scotty a number of times in new jersey and they're from new jersey and now he plays for the kickers and you know i just said hey it would be great to be able to watch scotty thompson mm -hmm. play on a regular basis and he should be to richmond every other week yeah, right <laughs> all right let's talk league one um so in my eyes, the big news uh, from 2019 to 2020 was Lansing United. Uh, sorry, uh, Lan Lansing Ignite. Lansing Ignite. Yeah. My apologies to everybody in Lansing, except the owner who uh, got rid of the team. Yeah. Um, so Lansing were a good team. Were, uh, they folded, basically. Yep. Um, their players have dispersed. Um, who were the good players on Lansing and who picked them up? So, so, so there were a lot of good players in Lansing. Like you mentioned, Lansing came in second in the league out of 10 teams, yeah. uh, only North Texas SC, which is the second team of FC Dallas. Yeah. So it's a lot of yeah, Dallas Academy players are up there. Um, most of those players have found a home. So, uh, so their captain was a guy by the name of Brandon Fricke. Uh, yeah. He was a center back. Uh, they played a three-back system in, in Lansing, and Fricky went to the Greenville Triumph uh, to play with John Harks. And, so it's a good pickup for them. Yeah, very good pickup. And Greenville had uh, the least goals against. They only had, thir they had 13 shutouts out of 28 games, so nearly 50% of right. their matches were shutouts. So now they're going to do 100% yeah. in 2020. <laughs> it's possible. And they, they, <laughs> that, would be a, that would be incredible. Um, <laughs> they, and they made the finals. So they lost to North Texas 1-0 in the finals. Um, so, so I think Brandon Fricky was a great pickup. Up for for Greenville, um, you know, uh, there's there's a number of other players. Rafa Mensingen was a. I remember that. Name. Um, so he was a, is an attacking player. Uh, he went to uh, someone in the championship who, shoot, now I don't remember which team. But anyway, he he moved up into the championship, so he's not playing in League One. I pay much more attention to the players in League One than anywhere else. Well, um, for anyone listening, in part two of the show, we're going to have Phil Grooms from the mm -hmm. USL show. Um, so we're going to ask those dots. Yeah, That'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> or so, I'll Google it in yeah. between. Yeah. One or the other. Or that. <laughs> so those were two of the, I think, two of the big ones. Um, and importantly, and I, I think, you know, maybe this was going to be one of your questions, one of the things that's developed just over the last month, basically, since the beginning of December, is actually a transfer market between League One and the yeah. Championship. Yeah. And I think that's huge. So, you know, the sums aren't massive, right? You're, you, we're used to hearing about, you know, Christian Pulisic moving for $73 million. Yeah. Um, little it's a little bit different, but the very first transfer um, between League One and the Championship occurred in December, and that was a player from, uh, from Tormenta FC, Connor Antley, went to Indy 11 for, you know, I, I don't know what the exact number was, but it was something like $7,000, but also sell-on clauses, I right? See. So if he winds up going to Major League Soccer for a $100,000 transfer fee or something, then Tormenta will get a part, piece of that too. Um, forgive me for interrupting. His name was Connor Antley? 
Does he have a brother by chance? He Who does. maybe is a defender? He, so Ian Antley, his twin brother, I was wondering. is now playing on the Richmond Kickers. He just got go. signed. <laughs> so 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 the, the, the joke that, that actually my co host tweeted out, which I thought was great, like it was uh, so, so, so Connor Antley was, I think, one of the best players in the league, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And he came out of nowhere. He never would have been found had it not been for USL League One. And now he's, he's probably an MLS-quality player, quite frankly. It, you know, whether or not MLS sees that or not is, is a different story. But, uh, but Connor, it turned out, has a twin brother, Ian, who, again, was found because of USL League One mm-hmm. and now is playing. And Jason tweeted out you know, something like, Every every League One team except for Richmond, when they found out there was another Antley, and that's yeah. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 should we expect? I'm, I'm moving us into the Richmond Kickers for a moment here. What do you expect of what the Kickers have made and who they've brought in thus far? So so the Kickers, I, I think every team has tried to fill holes, mm-hmm. and I think you know. It'll be interesting to see how Coach Sawatsky, who used to coach at FC Tucson last mm-hmm. year, which is another USL League One team, he's now moved over to the Richmond Kickers. He's building a roster this year. I think one of the challenges that he had last year was um, he had players moving in and out from Phoenix Rising because Tucson is the second team of, mm-hmm. of Phoenix Rising. And I think you know he's trying to build a roster to play a certain way. And I don't think that's going to be the same way that he played in Tucson. Mm-hmm. In Tucson, it was very sit-back, hit-on-the-counter, Use a lot of uh, pace and speed. They had a, a guy named Devin Jamga, who was a, their left winger, who would break into space, and he was a pretty linear guy. But he was so quick that uh, that, that you know they basically played the Leicester City kind of mm. counterattacking style from from the year that they won the Premier League. Um, I think kick, the Kickers are building out to be more of a balanced team in as opposed to just a counterattacking team. Uh, so they, they've been putting together. They, they got another very good. Um, center back as well. They, so they've added to their, their center back core actually a FC Tucson player named Kyle Ventner. So they'll actually have center backs this year. That's exciting. Too. So, so well, 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 <laughs> That's Aqu- a useful addition. Well, Akwe was on the team last year and he made... He oh, no, made he was great. Team. I think they had yeah. two and at one point they were playing like a center back and a central midfielder. Yeah, it was it, a little rough. Yeah. Oh, little no, rough. we actually have three red Magales, uh-huh. Konoshinovsky yeah. um, and Akwe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, briefly, uh, Bubaka yeah. on loan. Then he went back. We, we played three in the back and only had three centre-backs. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. So anytime there was an injury, a non-centre-back would play centre-back. Yeah, that, that's yeah. right. That was, that was an issue uh, that, that you guys definitely had. And, yeah, so you wound up having your, your holding midfielder play centre-back on occasion, and, and that, that's not great. But, uh, but Kyle Ventner, mm-hmm. is, he was the captain of FC Tucson. Um, he actually scored four goals last year. Um, he scored, uh, you know, a couple of headers and a left-footed volley that was just really sweet. And and so Kyle has leadership skills as well as, mm-hmm. um, you know, as well as being, you know, one of the better center backs in the yeah. league. So I think I think you've shored up your back line a lot. And the question is, will the kickers be able to get more uh, more offense generated? Because that was a big problem last year. There was a lot of possession and not a lot of not a lot of chances on goal. So. Um, so I think that that's going to be the, the challenge now. Like, couldn't we put these pieces together and get a good striker to be able to score? Yeah, you know, you probably don't need someone to score, you know, 15 goals, but someone to score 9, 10, 11 goals is really what you need. So from a, like, broader perspective for a moment, so the kickers uh, have been around for a while at this point. Do you feel like success for them looks the same as success for, say, FC Tucson or Ford Madison, aware that Peter, Peter Wilt, owner of Ford Madison, is sitting uh, in the booth next to us? Yeah. So, you know. Former general manager. He actually, Peter actually. Uh, he works for USL. He now, works right? for USL yeah. now, yeah. yeah. So, um, so actually, l- listen, listen to League One Fun uh, in the go. next couple of weeks because we, we, will have him, uh, we had him on our show. Uh, so, so I'll put that show out in a couple of weeks. But the, uh, I think for the kickers, the kickers have to make the playoff this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to come in top half. So the way that the league works this year is there's going to be 12 teams. The, the top six make the playoffs. Um, and I think the kickers need to make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, that's a failed season for sure. Even if they come in seventh, that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if, if they could, um, you know, make a run in the playoffs and get a playoff win, I think that that would show progress. And then maybe add another piece or two. And the next thing you know, you know, maybe you're, you're aiming for a home playoff mm-hmm. game in the, in the, the second year. All right, but um, let's, let's pivot so. away from the kickers, right? Because you and I talk kickers a lot, and this is our chance to hear more about um, the wider picture in League One. So I mentioned earlier Lansing United. 
gone. Yeah, right? Lansing. Like, that but, was probably the one blight on the on the first right, on, season, on the quite season, frankly. Right? Yeah. But the league as a whole has grown by adding uh, expansion teams and a couple of MLS two teams. Can you talk us through the what three editions? Yeah. Two editions? Three, three, three editions. editions. So 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 Lansing Ignite unfortunately folded, like you mentioned. Uh, we've added one new independent team called Union Omaha mm-hmm. that I think learned a lot from the guy in the booth next door, Peter Wilt. Um, about how to market and mm-hmm. how to get community engaged, the community engaged and community involvement. Um, they have great branding. Um, their their crest has an owl on it. Uh, their supporters group, they already have a supporters group, and they're, they're called the Parliament because a flock of owls is called the Parliament. So nice. they call themselves the Parliament. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, they're signing players. They dropped 13 players on one day this past Tuesday. Wow. And yeah, so it was it was just dropped n- as in announced. Uh, announced, yeah, yeah. Like every half hour, they were announcing a different player, like all day, basically. And uh, you know, they they got some it's a way to do it. Some some veteran USL League One players. They got a championship player, um, a couple of players, you know, from from colleges. Um, and uh, and they they have a they have a local coach, someone who used to coach at the local university uh, in uh, J Mim. So he's very well respected. A lot of people know him in the soccer community in and around Omaha. So they're really building an interesting culture out there and, and that'll be interesting sounds then, like a hoot so yeah. that's the independent <laughs> oh team uh, so then they, in, oh in my, my head goodness. it's New England 2 and the New England 2 and, and a team to be named later and that will play in that's Fort Lauderdale that's why I don't Dale. know the name yeah, so we, we, we call it we call it team team we just call it team uh, so it's it's Inter-Miami's Second team, I guess, B team, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, yeah. so so we don't know what the branding is going to be. They have no players registered and rostered right now. Mm. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see how, how far are we from the start of the season? Uh, end of March. So and uh, preseason starts uh, February. I think it's thirteenth. So they really only have about a month to put together a roster for you, Inter Miami. Is yeah. there a possible disaster brewing here, or do you think they'll put it together? More than likely, they'll they'll maybe call up some academy players or something maybe to start the season. Um, and and presumably the MLS team will have a roster of you know thirty players, and and some of those will be loaned down. Okay, right? so, so they'll make it. There's no yeah, chance that they'll probably, turn it for yeah, ten guys. Yeah, no, they'll, guys. they'll <laughs> yeah they'll make it. You know, will they only have fifteen players and available on match day on the first couple of match days? Maybe, but right. but they'll. Be able to to, they'll be able yeah. to play, yeah. We get 15 for our Sunday team. We're we very happy. <laughs> we are. <laughs> exactly. You get more playing time that way. When, yeah. you, when 18 show up, there's always one or two guys <laughs> who's like, I want more playing time. That happens to my over 40 team all the time. So uh, New England 2, is that what they're yeah, called? Yeah, New England Revolution 2. Okay. Yep. And they'll, they're going to be playing at Foxborough, the same place where the Revs play. Um, they're they're going to have a combination of academy players as well as, as first-team players that are going to be loaned down. Uh, so very similar to what some other teams have done, like uh, Toronto FC2 and uh, North Texas SC did last year. Um, well, those are, it's interesting because those are two varying approaches, right? Toronto FC2 would not have not ever been competitive, whereas no. North Texas like came in and won the whole thing. You know, right? but you, you say that uh, you say that, Daryl. Except that remember they had a player who played ten games for them that played in the MLS Cup final. Yeah. So, they, but, but so they still got beat a lot. Yeah, they, they still did get beat. They, they had a pro- <laughs> but I loved watching Toronto FC two matches. Like yeah. like like we make fun of of the fact that there's MLS two teams that aren't competitive or MLS two teams that you know they only have two hundred people in the in the stadia right, which is unfortunate. I mean, I wish there was a few more. But um, but when it came to Toronto FC two in particular, I loved watching them because you knew there were going to be goals. They had no structure in defense at all. Like they had Patrick Monk Anderson, who was a very good center back who you'd think would be able to, um, you know, clear things away because he was a great one-on-one defender. But the other defenders around him had no structure and kept on, like, you know, dropping back too far and keeping guys on side, and, and yeah. there was no structure in the back line. But most of their games were, like, 3-2. to two. I mean, they're fun okay. games to watch, right? Because, you know, Toronto had a very good attack. And it was there, you know, so they need to work on, you know, will they have structure in the defense? And I, I think, you know, quite frankly, had they had they been as organized on defense as North Texas was, they probably could have made the playoffs. So but the it's not a was difference in approach. It's just a difference in one team happened to have a badly structured defense. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's also a result of what players you have available. Yeah. Right. So like who, who's in who's in your academy matters when you're an MLS two team. And, so and maybe Toronto is not good at building defenders. Mm-hmm. And what do we know about Revs 2? Sorry, I, I derailed us we by know, insulting Toronto. Yeah, what we, do we know about Revs 2? <laughs> we, know very, we, we know very little at this point. They, they did sign a couple of veteran players, which is interesting, and a couple of internationals. So they, have, um, they, they do already have a 23-year-old, so they already have an older 
uh, average um, average age than than Orlando City B did last year. Um, and uh, you know, so so they've now signed you know twenty one, twenty three year olds. So I think they're going to build like this roster of potential prospects for the revs and then fill in from the bottom with academy players right because okay. it is you know all of the two teams are developmental in nature and um so so i think that might be what the revs look to be doing i mean we don't won't know that until we see the final roster but it seems that's the approach that they're headed toward i have two more questions for you both of which sort of involve the lansing ignite for a moment um We've heard that the Lansing Ignite owner essentially was frustrated by the lack of money that was coming in. I think kind of expected to make money off of the team, and when that didn't happen, that's when the team goes away. For you, who has looked at all of these different teams, paid attention to all these different teams, and will be paying attention to teams to come in, what should owners or people who are potentially going to invest in this league, sort of what should be their expectation when they're building a team and, and taking over a team and running a team? Should it be we're going to make money in the next five years or should it be like we're growing soccer at the grassroots level or maybe somewhere in between? Well, I, I, well, I think you have to do both. I mean, part of it is I, I don't think you, you can ever build out a USL League One team and expect to make a ton of profits. Now, what you should be striving for is you have a three-year plan to break even, mm-hmm. right? So you have a three-year plan to get enough butts and seats and fans to pay at the at the gate, plus corporate sponsorships in order to, to break even. Once you break even, you can think about, okay, how can we incrementally increase that to be able to make a small profit and pay back the initial investment from the first couple of years when we lost mm-hmm. money? Um, so, so I think that's what we're doing. And, and you know, good business owners, quite frankly, they, they know how to do that. So, so as a perfect example, I think, is a guy by the name of Darren Van Tassel, who's the owner of, well, he and his wife are co-owners of, uh, of South Georgia Tormenta. And they had around uh, you know, 1,500, 2,000 fans in their stadium, mm-hmm. but they're building a soccer-specific stadium. Around that, they plan on having concerts and other events within the stadium because, you know, as an additional source of revenue. And, you know, the soccer team, if it breaks even, I think that, that Darren will mm-hmm. be will be happy because the additional revenue comes from things like, you know, bringing, you know, I don't know, Soundgarden or yeah. REM or someone to, um, <laughs> you know, to play in this 5,000-person stadium. Are either of those bands still playing? <laughs> I think REM are currently playing? in litigation with our president, so that's their focus right now. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe Soundgarden. <laughs> uh, and then my second Lansing Ignite esque question was like about the league itself because you didn't have you had what 10 teams last year for one to go away in my mind one of the kind of constant criticisms or things that people have to deal with when it comes to lower league soccer in this country is like a little bit fly by night or that has been the reputation in the past like oh there's a club and now there's not oh there's this new team but now there's not it seems like league one has kind of moved to try to be very stable and stabilize that and move away from that sort of reputation so with Lansing folding, how detrimental do you think that was to the league? And can it sort of deal with more teams potentially going that way? Or are you expecting it to kind of be as it is for a while? So I think that the one thing it shows is that the league needs to do a better job vetting owners and setting expectations. Because one of the things that we found out after the fact was that the owner had expected to get as many fans as he got when he first started the baseball team that he owns, mm-hmm. and which was 7,000 fans a game. I mean, Forward Madison, which was... You know, un- unarguably the most successful team in terms of culture and gate and stuff. They only average forty five hundred a game, right? And mm-hmm. or forty two hundred, I think, a-, a game. So you know, they had a great turnout, but that should should have been the top line expectation. And then in the middle, you know, your baseline expectation probably need- needed to be something more like what South Georgia did with around two thousand. Mm-hmm. And then you had the kickers, which were probably second or third, I think, in the in the league in terms of turnout, which is three thousand thirty five hundred for an established team. So he had unrealistic expectations. I think the league needs to do, and, and probably going forward after this, will do a better job setting those expectations, saying, look, you need to have a three-year plan. You need to be in it for the long run, and here's the progression that you should see. It's, you know, it's 1,500, 2,000 uh, uh, paying ticket holders mm-hmm. year one and maybe you can grow it to 3,000, 3,500 year two and then you know maybe 5,000 in year three and if that 5,000 is your steady state, how do you live within that in terms of wage budget, roster budget and, and things like that? No, so, I, would, I would sit them down and go, first question what's your favorite, soccer or baseball? That's and if, a great, and if that's they a say baseball, question. we'll just be like, pass. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if the two are mutually exclusive because if you look at Forward Madison... No, they are. They're absolutely yeah, mutually exclusive. Well, yeah, okay. If you think about... Well, Forward Madison's I think a perfect example of this. The owners own a baseball team, right? But but they oh, know okay. sports marketing, right? So if you know sports marketing and you know and, and you have that idea, it can be very good, right? But you have to also set the expectation of, you know, 
are you going? Is this going to be a money maker year one? And and the answer is probably no. Some of the Ford Madison marketing has just kind of clicked for me mm. in that it is like the successful minor league baseball marketing that you see. Yeah, sure. Right? I yeah. mean, yeah. Flamingo, I mean, okay. man. Flamingo. Hacksaw Duggan nights and stuff like that. In the <laughs> office nights when Stanley is there. Yeah, yep, they own they own a cow. <laughs> that's right, they do. So. I've asked you They're sort of... to get a fee from the USA Championship Lionel, team. Lionel Bessie. Yeah. Lionel Bessie. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I've asked you sort of negative questions. Final one for me is, I, I think, hopefully more positive. We're, we haven't even started preseason. Teams are still building their roster. But if the league were to start tomorrow, who do you think right now is in the strongest position? Who are a couple of the teams who you think have done the best business and are most poised to make a deep run to go late into the season? Greenville Triumph win the league. You think? Yes. Wow. Yeah, All right, right now. They, they, I like that I gave you this long preamble to buy you some time, and you they, had an answer immediately. They, well, <laughs> well in, in fairness, Jason and I put out a show yesterday where we talked about this very thing. Um, I, I think, you know, they, they've, they haven't lost that many pieces. They added a very good center back in, uh, in Brandon Fricke. Um, and, you know, they, um, uh, you know really, they, they came so close to winning the league last mm-hmm. year, and they, they don't have any particular holes. I think John Hark's a very good coach. They're very disciplined defensively. So as long as, you know, if they continue to be, you know, have less than uh, one goal per game goal, goals mm-hmm. against average, I think that they are, are you know, at, at a minimum, they're probably going to get, you know, first or second and get a uh, get a home, uh, a buy in the first round of the playoffs because of the way the playoff system works. Behind that, I think, I think South Georgia Tormenta um, has sneakily added some pieces that are going to make them pretty, as long as they stay healthy. Last year, they were doing really well, and then they had a couple of injuries that really that really hurt them. Mm-hmm. So as long as they stay healthy, I think that they can uh, they can be really good as well. All right, All right final question. Um, if, you've, if people have been listening, they're like, hey, I like this Ira guy. I want to hear more about League One from this Ira guy. How would people do that? Yeah, so League One Fun on all of your podcast apps. It's uh, you know just like it sounds, League One Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Ira, thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Welcome back to the Total Soccer Show. We are still in Baltimore. There is no escape from the Baltimore Convention Center. I like that this began with, like, we're still in Baltimore, optimistically, and now it's gone into there is no escape. <laughs> I am enjoying it. I'm not happy with the coffee stand below us. I know you're not, buddy. I know you're not. But we'll we are happy about, with our guest today. Talk about that another time. Hey. It's a man we spoke to last night, mm-hmm. and now we're going to speak to on mic from the USL Show. It's Phil Grooms. Hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. So we talked to Ira Jersey in part one about uh, USL League One because we, uh, I guess we believe in ProRail because we've started from the lower division (laughs) and we're going upper division to the USL Championship with Phil. Yeah. (laughs) So we're not going to talk ProRail. In spirit, yeah. Um, We are going to talk... Are we not going to spend this entire show talking about ProRail and why it should exist and Phil's going to give us his whole theory? Because if not, I'm walking away. Some people would love that show. They would. But not me. Let's talk about other things. (laughs) Um, first up, okay, here's the thing uh, Ira was talking about in the first part, talking about um, players being sold from League One to the championship, so moving up a division, not for all that much money, right? It was about like seven grand we were talking about, yeah. maybe with some add-ons in the future. But then the market is starting to, I was going to say thrive, I'm going to say exist, <laughs> from the championship to Major League Soccer. There have been some moves in the offseason. Yeah. Can you talk us through some of the sort of uh, headline headline deals? I'd say the biggest one is Adam John was the star target striker for Phoenix Rising. Um, he is, I think he's getting up to like 27 in age, but he was just, he's a really hard worker and he's productive, you know. And um, Atlanta has had trouble with that second striker, and so they're giving him a shot, but they paid $100,000 for him for a USL player. Is that a record? Yes, that is a record, yes. That is by far the, the highest transfer fee for uh, a USL player into MLS. So uh, that's a huge deal. Like Guys like me were just jumping for joy that day when yeah. it was announced because this is something we've been longing for for, for a long time. Um, and I'll list the other two off before we kind of go into that yeah. maybe. But like um, James Musa is a New Zealand international that also played for Phoenix Rising, seeing a theme here. <laughs> um, he's a six who can go forward. He can play as a center back. Um, but he was sent off. Uh, he was bought by Minnesota United. That fee, I'm not sure um, what it is, but probably around like fifty thousand, something right. like so that. So five figures, not six figures. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then <clears throat> Anunga is a uh, midfielder, central midfielder for uh, the Charleston Battery. 
and I'm he so was, glad you didn't say Phoenix Rising again. Yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, he went to Real Salt Lake for fifty thousand uh, dollars. The senior team. So this isn't even like him going to the USL team. This is very unexpected. A guy that wasn't like super on everyone's radar, um, but someone was willing to give him fifty thousand dollars to go to an MLS club. So how um, contingent is those three players' success? Um, Sorry, uh, future transfer fees and f- transfer fees rising. How contingent is that on the success of these three guys in Major League Soccer? Like, is it all on their shoulders to prove that there's a market to sell USL Championship players to MLS? I would say because the market is, and luckily I've been able to talk to people here uh, about the, the player market, because the way it is, um, the reason they're looking for these guys at all is because there's just a gap. There's two, more and more teams and um, the money is getting thinner, and they need an American to fill that hole. The college isn't quite as, as reliable a source, and in some ways it's oh, more it expensive. It has to be a domestic player. Is that what you, yeah, I'm getting, so to not take an international slot. Yeah. Uh, James Moose is, is not, you know, it's, the, it's not the rule there, but um, the other two guys are American, and um, so it's just becoming, since there's scarcity, there's a hole there, and people are thinking that USL might be there to fill that hole. I see. But... Yeah, is it on their shoulders? So I think that's the only thing keeping it off of their their shoulders 100%. So maybe we're down to like 70 or 80% on their shoulders. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think people are going to watch them very closely. But if they do, if they become everyday starters, not even in the beginning, let's say they earn a role and they become an everyday starter, maybe one or two of them does. That's a huge deal, and I think it's going to continue to happen. And we're really hoping that, that that happens. In the USL, we've been thinking for a long time that our players are better than they get credit for. Mm-hmm. And um, Ira's been, you, know, you just heard Ira, Ira's been really pounding the idea that like you have a guaranteed salary for these guys coming out of the Super Draft who have never been a pro in their lives. They're not allowed to be a pro at that point in their lives. Yeah, the college gets the college game gets you ready in, in some ways, but um, we have these pro players in their lower to mid-20s that have been a pro for years. They know how to take care of their bodies. They know how to um, perform um, in a in a 36-game season or whatever. And, um, yeah, you bring them right into your team, and you might be more successful. They've, de- they've deserved more of a chance than they've gotten, in my opinion. Are there any teams that are sort of pushing back on the idea of, of selling players on, of like like kind of accepting their status of being just below Major League Soccer? Are there some that are maybe, you think, going to try to hold on to their players and sort of become this like perennial title challenger in USL Championship? Um, oh, the championship team holding their players? Yeah. Like, yeah. They do it refusing to sell. Yeah, like not wanting to move, or not even refusing, but just sort of not embracing that idea of we'll sell on, we'll make more money, we'll reinvest, and sort of instead being like, no, we're like we're in our own league, we want to win every year, we don't really care about other competitions. No, because I, I think the USL is on board with the thing that MLS is starting to gather, which mm-hmm. is you bring them in, you improve them, and then you sell them on, and then you're able to buy other players, just like we're finally sending guys to, to Europe from MLS. And so, no, I think most teams think this is like a, a great pathway. Um, and the more you're successful in doing that, the more, like, let's these two guys from Phoenix, mm-hmm. any player that signs to Phoenix says, this is amazing, I can go to MLS the following year. And it's not a two-team for once that's, that's doing that. And so... I guess there's a business model aspect as well, right? Like, there's, yes. there's not a great deal of money to be made, like, just in terms of profit from yes. the USL Championship team. But if you can start selling players, mm-hmm. then maybe there's profit to be made. Yeah, and that's how I, I always pound the, uh, the Oliver Vies, uh interview on Scuffed because that's what he's talking about with kids, mm-hmm. where he's, he's not going to keep those guys in the system by overcharging a sale. He's going to get them on a three- to five-year contract if possible, a young kid, and he's just going to put a larger sell-on clause. So he's going to get them to the next level cheaply, and perhaps that's Europe, uh, perhaps that's MLS, but then the sell-on clause is a little higher than you would expect, and that is a, that's a that's a a monetized thing, you know what I mean? That's not just because they think the culture's cool. In uh, Orange County, Oliver Vies, that's like they want to make money on that and use it for their club. So, yeah. And with teams, like, so you've got USL Championship teams selling players on to Major League Soccer, then you've got USL Championship bringing in USL League One players. Um, Are there players that have come up that you think will thrive in USL Championship or or at the very least find success? Like, specifically, uh, we're Richmond Kickers uh, fans. I would go Joe Gallardo is the one that I've kind of got my eye on as to see how he does in USL Champ. Yeah, I I do think the gap is much less between League One and Championship Mm -hmm. in the USL. Um, but when, uh, you know, we've all enjoyed watching uh, highlights of Joe Gallardo, and I think there was the one where he was like, he just, 
cut around two or three guys, and he had so much space, and he got in on goal. Yep. And I, you know, and everyone was so proud of him, and I, and I was that guy in the back corner. Couldn't have done it in championship. <laughs> you know, like I don't think that would have worked on the next level. What would have happened in the championship? I think he would not have had the space to get past okay. the first, maybe the second. You know, um, and I don't think he would have gotten a shot off. But um, he. If he goes there and he practices with those guys, maybe he finds out how to do it in less space, mm-hmm. and and he will become that guy. And so, um, yeah, like right now, I don't think he's going to thrive, but I think he is at an age where he can thrive once he gets gets used to it. It'd be really interesting to see a player. Like it really would be almost the perfect story if he came in, maybe didn't thrive right away, had to adjust his game, developed a bit more, and then maybe at the end of the season or end of next season, something like that, then he made that jump to Major League Soccer. It would be sort of, I guess, development and the structure sort of working, which is maybe not yeah. a thing we've seen as much yes. in the past. That is exactly like what we're geeking out about because we want that pyramid to actually be a pyramid mm-hmm. for once in the United States. You know, um, the article from Reuter talked about. You, you know, I'm so bad with names. I'm sorry, but the uh, Leicester City striker. Oh, it's Jeff Reuter, by the way, <laughs> yeah. is what he wants to be called. He I wants know, yeah. everyone. Please call Jeff him. Reuter's news agency. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Jeff Reuter. We love Jeff Reuter. We do. Right. Hi, Jeff. Uh, you are talking about uh, Jamie yeah. Vardy. Thank you, Jamie up, Vardy. Came up through the divisions. Famously, yeah, yeah, came up through the divisions. We could have that now in uh, in the USL, now that we finally have a pathway that might possibly work. We could have a guy in League One right now that could be a star striker for uh, someone in MLS and even in Europe. I'm still chuckling about Je- Jeff Reuter News Agency, <laughs> i got to be honest there. Um, so, But there, we're talking about a lot of the positives. There have been at least a couple negatives, specifically one uh, mm. team folding. We talked with Ira a, a, a lot about what kind of happens and what that says about the league. Have there been ramifications? Has it changed the way the league has operated at all, or has it seen more of a one-off sort of situation? Well, I've been a little worried in one way in that these it's costing more. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole thing, we're having to buy players from League One. That's more expensive, and they're not used to necessarily buying players at all in the USL. And so... Um, not only that, but all costs are going up, and we're going to talk about stadiums later. Um, so, I am worried about some of those smaller clubs, like stay, sticking with it and being able to spend the money um, without someone buying them out or, or losing their name and that kind of thing. So, that would be my worry there. Uh, How many teams are at risk of that? I know you can't give us an exact number, but is it like there's a, just a bottom ten percent of teams, or is it like half the teams are at risk of that? How big of a problem is that? Actually, I think this year we solved a lot of problems. I would say maybe three or four clubs at most at this point um, unless things get more and more expensive but um, uh, Tulsa Roughnecks just got bought out and rebranded as FC Tulsa and those owners are just like night and day different in the way they want to operate and they already have a stadium plan and it's just like the, the previous team was in a minor league stadium and just they couldn't afford to move out of there you know what I mean so um, Charleston Battery just upgraded their ownership as far as money is concerned and so um, they're just going to become more and more solid and, and not as scary. And, and the last thing about that is one of the best things about the USL is the stability. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, we're not 100%. We lost... Um, uh, Fresno? No. Well, we did lose Fresno, and um, we lost one in League One as well. Um, Lansing? Oh, uh, Lansing. Lansing, yeah. thank yeah. you. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Um, yeah, it wasn't your fault. Yeah, it, it was, the, it was right. the owner's fault. <laughs> was it your fault? Is that why you're apologizing? Uh, my face what, what is getting you redder. Yeah. You're, I didn't in, you're in Michigan it. persuading people not to go. <laughs> Please don't go to the stadium. <laughs> you, you did, I remember, have that whole conversation with the Lansing Ignite owner about how it was super easy to make a ton of money in League Thank One you. and how you should just make that happen, right? That was Yeah, you. I wasn't sure if you knew what actually happened, and it really was. The guy was like, I thought this would make more money. Uh, no, it doesn't make much money. I'm sorry, but... Um, but yeah, we did lose Fresno, and um, part of the more expense is adding stadiums. It's getting soccer-specific stadiums is something that the USL has had a goal for for a long time. And now there's a, quote, deadline uh, of like three years that he gave. That's not going to happen, but um, I think they're expecting everyone to have a soccer-specific stadium plan in three years, ideally. Um, and Fresno just was striking out with the city. We don't know if it was the owner, but uh, Fresno did, was having trouble. Did they find a baseball stadium? Striking out. Thank there you. Classic Daryl joke. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just make them. Please, I spot them in the wild. Please don't encourage them. Please don't encourage this. Don't do this. I'm, I'm also a fan, and I'm sorry, but I do like the jokes from Daryl. Thank you. Um, <laughs> fine, fine. All right. All right. That's fair. All right. So um, let's go with some uh, positive news, right? Yeah. Are there any teams that, for example, 
have found a soccer-specific stadium and might be playing some specific soccer in there next yeah, year. Yeah, the best story is Louisville City. Have Yay. you guys seen the... Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's a beautiful stadium. It's going to be 11,700 seats initially. Um, it looks great, right? And um, it's a perfect size for them. They'll fill it up. They'll sell it out, I think, a lot of the times. Right. They have a really good attendance for USL. Um, and it's cool, too, that um, it's one of the best teams in the USL getting um, the best stadium. And that's a perfect parallel, too, because Louisville is one of those who's played in a baseball stadium for three, four, five years now. And if they hadn't started back then, could they get to this point? Could they have all these amazing players playing for them and moving on? Mark Anthony Kay came from Louisville City playing in that baseball stadium yeah. where in the first two years was um, they covered up dirt and then they had fake grass and real grass and it was just ankle roller city. Oh, so there. you arguing that like... The Louisville are sort of the example of this is how it should work, right? You get your start and you get momentum I won't uh, in go a that. baseball stadium and then you get your soccer-specific stadium? I won't go that far because okay. ideally we get them in soccer-specific stadiums, but a lot of people right now, and maybe this is just like rabid USL fans, are like, well, we need to get rid of these baseball stadiums now. And in a lot of ways they're terrible, which is kind of what I was saying there, but if it leads to a Louisville City being one of the best teams in the USL and having this amazing new stadium... That was worth it, you know, every challenge along the way of yeah. playing in a stadium. So, Let's so, talk oh, go go ahead. Ahead. About, about me. Well, I was going to ask about uh, like big names that people might know in the USL Championship. And the he's weirdly a big name because of his youth national team career. Yeah. But as I understand it, Andrew Carlton is going to be on loan at Indy 11 That's next right. year. Is this, has this actually happened? Like, has there been an announcement? Or is it just still the big rumor that's definitely going to happen? It has been reported, is what we okay. should say. Yes. Um, and it's reliable. I believe Reuter, uh, Reuter News Agency, mm-hmm. yep. uh, might have released that. Um, our, really uh, should copyright that. Our network happens. put it out as well, Beautiful Game Network. But, uh, but yeah, thank goodness. I've been beating this drum for a long time. Like, get Carlton out of Atlanta. Like, okay. go anywhere. And um, he's such a dominant player. He's still, like, the natural talent is there. You see it with Atlanta uh, United, too. But Indy 11's, like, one of the star-studded teams in the USL as far as talent. They're paying for it, and they're bringing in the expensive guys. So he adds to that. But not only that, he's surrounded by guys who are going to challenge him. I'm not sure he's going to be promised a starting spot. Um, Right. And... But that's good, right? Because from what I saw at Atlanta United, too, it was definitely more of a, here's our youth team all getting a run out kind of situation whereas like you said Indy 11 is more like we're a serious soccer team we're we're here to win matches yeah and you get that whole independent uh, USL team versus the two side where Atlanta United um, especially in the beginning like they played out of the back you, you do it no matter what and they got yeah. targeted and so you'd see these like they were still following the player development initiative of the, using the build outline yes <laughs> to a ridiculous degree I mean they'd get targeted by these independent teams especially like Penn FC would just send a giant fast striker to attack the 16 year old who's just in the corner with the ball a right back and just take it from him past goal it happened so many times in the season because you knew exactly what they were going to do well that's like development city Carlton's on an independent side it's like win we gotta win every single week. Um, if we don't win, maybe someone needs to be benched or something like that. Maybe a coach needs to be fired. Even you know that it's the real world. And so I think this yeah. would be really good for him. Oh, which, right. which would you prefer the league sort of err on the side of? If you have a line between development and like competitive winning, where do you think it should be? Uh, because it just feels like if it's a league, it's a professional league. Everybody should want to win and win the title. But then you do have these teams that exist like solely for development and bringing through young players. Yeah. I'm wondering what the balance you think should be. Um, so you're asking my opinion? Yeah. Um, uh, I love your show because you guys tend to be balanced in general. And so it, it kind of depends on what hat you wear. And so I lean toward, um, since there is a League One now, since there's a place for these two sides to go if they don't care about getting a good stadium, about getting more than 100 or 200 fans out, if they don't care about, um, you know, having a fan base on Twitter and online and all that sort of thing, if they don't care about that, then they can go down to League One, you know. And to me, I feel like being in the championship now, it's going to become a a real league. It's going to have higher-end players. It already is getting better every single year. And so um, I think that league needs to focus on being that really good second-tier league that is competitive um, and 
I don't think that necessarily means you can't develop in that league. I think it's okay to have two teams. Um, two B-sides will often win the league. It's embarrassing for us sometimes as I'm a St. Louis FC fan, independent team. Um, but, yeah, like Red Bull 2 has won a couple times. This last year, um, Real Salt Lake won. Um, and those are very much developmental teams. Now, they look at it a little bit as, like, this is our B-squad. We rotate a lot of guys in and out more so than the other ones. But um, but I would like to see the ones that care, if they're willing to spend money, have a training center, have a, have a stadium, bring in fans, they deserve to stay up, and they deserve that level of competition for their kids. You know what I mean? But if they don't care, let's say, I'm just going to say it, uh, Swill Park Rangers went back to being Sporting Kansas City 2, um, who else did it? Uh, Bethlehem Steel yeah. switched over to Philadelphia Union too. You can just see where they're going. They've given up on bringing veteran players in. They've given up on just winning. It is just development, mm-hmm. and it is all kids. And no one comes to the games. You know, one doesn't even have locker rooms half the time. So, um, so I'd like to get rid teams, of that. You think those by get rid of? You mean those teams should go to USL League One? Thank you for correcting yeah. me. Yes, yeah. I think League One's a perfect place for them. Now, Ira may disagree with me. That's unfortunate for his league if they get too many of those. Right. But it's going to grow every year. I think they'll. You have up to change there. it to League One development instead of yes. League One fun. <laughs> and he will love that. Um, <laughs> then for you, so you said you're a St. Louis FC fan. Yeah. Like genuinely, like a, a kind of personal question: Will you still have as much of an interest in USL Championship as you do right now when St. Louis gets an MLS team when they move up? Like, or is it going to be sort of a I'm going to watch MLS, but then I'm still going to care about USL Championship? I'm going to have a soft spot in my heart, and mm-hmm. it even goes to the point where I'm a little sad to see my USL club go. I mean, you guys have been to Richmond Kickers games, and you've been to DC United games. My favorite thing about um, watching a St. Louis FC game is uh, the players right in front of me. I can scream at him, and yeah. the dude will look over and, and look at me. You know oh, what so I mean? Yep. Like he heard me. You know <laughs> what I mean? And he'll meet you in the parking lot afterwards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank goodness, no. But um, you know, I went to Sporting Kansas City games from time to time, and they don't hear you for the most mm-hmm. part, unless you're really, really loud or it's really empty. And, or you're um, Tim Howard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then maybe. Then maybe. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll have a word. Maybe he will see you in the parking lot. But yeah, so he so, might actually. So are you so you're sad you might lose that sort of vibe? Yeah, because I, I see it as like a boutique style club. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have access. I just walk up on the pitch afterward. I can say hi to the players and that kind of thing. And so I'm sad to see that go. Yeah. But the other things about MLS being the top tier in the United States, the amazing level of play, and, and it becoming uh, amazing for selling on players, I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss it a lot, though. Yeah. So this is kind of a career question. Um, are you tempted to start like a St. Louis MLS podcast? Um, perhaps, yeah. I, I, right. I, I've gathered some more guys that um, are really amazing, and so I'm thinking about it, but I'm not pushing too hard. There are a lot of avenues. I'm really, really big on kids in, in the USL, so okay. I think that'd be a cool one to go down as well. So you have the MLS two sides kind of like all likely to drop down. You've got some teams moving to Major League Soccer. Who are the teams that are going to be filling those spots? Who are the teams that are coming in mm. to kind of round out the league this year? Well, and there's a chance that some League One teams will move up yep. as, as they get uh, better um, and as they grow. Um, there's even the chance for uh, Pro Rel is I know we weren't going to talk about it, but there's a chance for Pro Rel within uh, the USL, and so. Um yeah, what do you know about that? The only yeah. information I have is what Jake Edwards said when they did the whole rebranding, which yeah. is he basically said it's a possibility in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So how how realistic do you think that is? I don't know. I'd give it at best 50-50 right now, um, and it's so far down the road that you know that's as much as I would give it. But it is for sure as long as Jake Edwards is at the helm. Um, he wants it. He personally wants it. You know, oh, you know I mean? that, like, you've like heard this? from what I've heard. Yeah. Okay. Like, He's he's he ideally would make it happen if it works. He's a smart businessman, so yeah, he yeah. would never force it. But um, I can definitely say that they are already exploring it as soon as next year. Uh, we might have talked about the uh, League Cup. This all the USL teams. Yes. And the goal is to have them all play each other, or most of them play each other in some format, just to kind of make sure that the level is close. You know, we don't want to promote two or four League One teams uh, sometime in the future if they're just going to come up and just get destroyed and slammed and then unfortunately sent down championship teams that are just going to destroy everyone else in League One and then it's just not fun anymore. So um, they're going to start exploring it with this League Cup. So what you want to see, if the League Cup starts, you want to see a lot of parity within that cup if you want. If you're rooting for Pro-Rel within the USL, that's what you want. So same question I asked of Ira, I'll ask of you. Uh, 
at this point, uh, prior to the season beginning, which teams do you think are in the strongest position to challenge for the title to make deep runs in the playoffs? So a lot of them are the same as last year. Um, a couple teams fell off. So like Indy 11 did make the playoffs, and they went pretty far, and I think they could have done better. Um, like I said, the Miami, uh, the Miami FC is their title, um, came in this year, and they brought in Romario Williams from formerly Atlanta United, went over to Columbus Crew. Oh, we saw him play for Charleston Battery. Yes, right? yeah. who I was about to say destroyed with uh, Charleston Battery. Didn't get much MLS minutes. Um, and so they have a really good roster going. I could see them doing really well in their first year. Um, San Diego Loyal with uh, Landon Donovan. God. Yeah, has a great start already. They brought in my favorite center back, which was that uh, Navy graduate that we talked about. Is like yes. six foot eight or something Greenspan? like that. Greenspan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that they I started. Remember. I remember Alan, Joe. Alan Greenspan. No, it's Joseph <laughs> Greenspan. <laughs> you threw me for a minute. I was like, what's that now? Yeah. Sorry. But the uh, usual suspects, um, Real Monarchs, are uh, really smart. The best scouting team, in, in my opinion, in the USL. Phoenix Rising are going to be dominant, mm-hmm. and they're loading up this year to be more deep because they made that incredible run that we heard about, of, what was it, 20 yeah. games, something like that, and uh, then they just fell off at the end, but now they have a few reinforcements, and I think they'll be smarter about how they use their players, so those are some teams to watch, and then there's a lot of mid-table teams that could defend the hell out of the playoffs and really make a run, so... All right. All right. If people want to hear more about the USL Championship and below, right? And below. Also cover other other yeah. leagues. Um, where can they find the USL show? The USL show is on uh, the Beautiful Game Network, which is bgn.fm. And you can find all our podcasts. There's like 50 USL, and there's a women's podcast. So it's we're pretty big. bgn.fm. Thank you. All yes. right. Uh, all right, Phil, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Welcome back to a surprise third segment of the Total Soccer Show. We thought it was over, but um, Ira was still here in the booth next to us. Phil is still in the same chair he was in when you just heard that segment. Taylor and I are still here. We are. Of course. Um, So uh, Taylor had the brilliant idea. Let's play the Wikipedia game with Ira. This is all about USL League One, right? Because it's the only uh, thing that I know anything about. There is some American-centric ones, if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> is that useful at all? Uh, if, if it's like the 1994 World Cup guys, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> so um, if you've never heard of Wikipedia game before, it's a trivia game we used to play on the show. Here's the very basic version of how it works. Taylor is hosting the game. That is right? correct. So Taylor has some mystery players that he's done a bit of research on from their Wikipedia page. He's going to give all of us a few clues from the page. He's going to tell us how many teams that player played for, and then we'll take it in in turns to bid on how many teams we would need to know to name that player. So say if it's a player, Iris says I can name it in three teams, then it would go to Phil, and Phil would either say I can name it in two teams, so you have to go lower, or he'd challenge Ira to name that player. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're thinking... But what if we get to zero teams? What happens then? Here's what happens then. You can go negative, which is where instead of Taylor telling you the teams, you have to name the player and the teams. I appreciate it that, Daryl. anything like Doug Loves Movies. Not at all. Not in any way. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that you began this like before we hit record by saying, like, I'm not sure I remember really how to explain the rules and then very succinctly explain Muscle the rules. Memory. Muscle memory. It all well back. done, sir. And oh, I think one wrinkle to add is if a player um, uh, played yeah. for the same team twice, Yep. That's still separate, right? And if they went on loan and then signed, and then joined, Wikipedia lists it as two different spells, yes, right? We go with what Wikipedia goes with. We will. So yeah. that'll be yeah. So I'll let it's you know. Ultimate if that arbiter. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I think Ira has been listening to both of our shows and has listened to our show the longest, I think we get to start with Ira. Ira okay. has two <laughs> categories for you to choose from. I have players that have moved this window in this January window, or uh, players drafted in the MLS Super Draft. Ooh, let's go with the latter, MLS Super Draftees. Okay. Any, any draft ever? Any draft okay. ever. Um, all right, we'll start with this fellow. Uh, has nine clubs, one repeat, but that's sort of misleading uh, because there are lots of similarities in his team's names. That's kind of a hint, but just keep that in mind. Nine clubs, one of them twice. He was drafted near the bottom of the second round, number 36 overall, in the 2014 Super Draft. Prior to being drafted, he had played professionally in Arizona while also playing college soccer for uh, UC Riverside. He didn't play a minute for the team that drafted him, nor for his second team in Major League Soccer. Uh, So not surprisingly, he has not won a lot of silverware. He's won uh, the USL Cup, 
and he's won a supporter shield. He's made 16 appearances for his national team, however, netting three goals. So nine clubs, one repeat. We will start with Mr. Ira Jersey. Ira, how many clubs do you need to know to name that player? I'm going to say five. Five clubs. Phil Groove. Going four. Daryl Grove. I'm going a not very confident three. All right. Then we go back to Ira Jersey. Do you want Daryl to name it, or do you, can you uh, do it in two? Yeah, I'm challenging Daryl on that one. Okay. All right. Give me those three teams. He has played four. FC Tucson. He did not make a single appearance for the Portland Timbers, but he is listed as playing for them, so there you go. So FC Tucson, Portland Timbers, and the Sacramento Republic on loan. One more time, 16 appearances for his national team, three goals. Phil is making a face. I think Phil has not figured it out. Maybe not, Daryl. Daryl, do you need any more hints or any more, do you need any more clues repeated? I mean, I need more clues, but <laughs> not, not clues repeated. Uh, just to double check, 2014 draft. You got it. Um, went quite low in the draft, mm-hmm. from what, what you said. 16 games, three goals for his national team, yep. and he's played for nine clubs. And the three that you gave me were FC Tucson, Portland Timbers, and the Sacramento Republic. You do know this player, I'll tell you that. Oh, that's real helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm guessing they're not American because it would be weird if they played 16 games going that low in their draft. I think I just don't know. I don't know. You've, you've overlooked one key clue. Do you want to throw out a guess? Or do you just want to say, I don't know? I'm, I'm going to go with I don't know. I don't know who it is. It's not Rodrigo Lopez, is it? It is not. Okay. Did you hear me say that he won the Supporter Shield? No. Does that help at all, Ira, looking in your direction? Well, I guess the USL Supporter Shield or the MLS Supporter the Shield? The MLS Supporter the Shield. The MLS Supporter Shield. Is I'm he a Red Bull? I'm asking no. Ira specifically. So, yes. Uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, I know who it is now. Yeah, you do. So Does Derek he have a dad Eddie with the same name? It is Aaron Long. Oh, Aaron Long. Aaron Long. Oh, so there I didn't you go. realize he played for nine teams. Mm-hmm. So good. But that's God. where it's misleading because oh, he played for like Seattle Sounders well, FC, he- Seattle Sounders 2, Red Bulls 2, Red Bulls on loan, then Red Bulls officially. So like those five yeah. right there give you five I, clubs. I didn't even realize he played two. for Tucson. I knew he played for Portland because that's when he came over to Red Bulls from there. Sac Republic threw me off. Yeah. And something yeah, wow. wasn't adding up in terms of like yeah. when he was drafted versus mm-hmm. like his yeah. number of caps and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's tricky. It's the Aaron Long career. Oh, it's tricky. Yeah. Gap, right? It's almost like I made it to be intentionally yeah. tricky. So a point for Ira, no points for Daryl. We'll start with Phil. Phil, which of those two categories would you like to go with this time? Uh, let's do the first one. All right, players that have moved or signed in the window. Uh, we will start with this fellow who has 10 teams, one of them twice. Three of his clubs, hint, the very early ones, are very, very similar, but don't count as uh, repeat clubs. Uh, He moved from Italy to England this winter. Despite first appearing for his national team in 2005, he has only 36 caps, mostly because others in his position are very, very good. Uh, He's won cups in Italy and England, the league in Germany, but nothing at club level in his home country. He won the U16 European Championships in 1999, but that certainly was not the last uh, thing he would win with his country. And if you'd like one more, I can give you a hint that will help. What do we think? Yes. Phil, Phil is nodding. Nods all around. I will tell you this. Jean-Louis-Gi Buffon referred to this man as being, quote, the best at his position of his era with his feet, end quote. So Buffon says he's very good with his feet. That might give you an idea of where he plays. Three of his clubs are very, very similar early on. He moved from Italy to England this winter. It kind of went under the radar. Uh, despite, uh, yeah, despite his uh, first appearing for his national team in 2005, he has only 36 caps, mostly because uh, others in his position are very good. One cups in Italy and England, the league in Germany, but nothing at club level in his home country. We'll start I think, with Phil. I think Phil's going to start with 10. Starting with 10. <laughs> start yeah, with 10. Let's do it. All right. Again, it's a player you all know. I promise you that much. Daryl, over to you. I'm going to buy time by saying nine. All right. Over to Ira. I'm going to go also with eight. <laughs> we go to Phil. Phil's thinking. Ira said eight. Phil, do you want to go seven? Do you want to make Ira name it? Uh-huh. I you want to challenge. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I feel like there might be too many clubs. Is it gonna, too many? You're going to get a point. <laughs> Even you've done it now, so there's no going back. We'll see. We'll oh. see. This man, so eight clubs, all but his final two, has played for Barcelona C, Barcelona B, and Barcelona, the three teams, okay. Villarreal, Liverpool, Napoli, Bayern Munich. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and also, uh, oh, excuse me, I should have said two repeats, Napoli again. Okay, so Napoli, and he went to England this year. It kind of went under the radar. Daryl's making a face. Daryl, do you have an idea? Yeah. All right, Daryl has an idea. Daryl's sad. I'm... Barcelona C, God, B, and Barcelona. I'm trying to remember who assuming to... he's like a center back based on the feet. Comment. From Napoli to 
I will give no more hits away right now. Napoli to England. Be a goalkeeper. I... I don't know. I have no All idea. Right. A crafty play by Phil Grooms. Uh, <laughs> Daryl, I keep saying Groom and not Grooms. Daryl, uh, do you have an idea who it is? Pepe Reina. It is Pepe Reina. Oh. Yep. Buffon complimenting his feet. That means... I didn't really... I didn't... I didn't... had no idea Reina even moved. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, moved to Aston Villa this uh, winter. Yeah. Which I know also because Aston Villa... Yes, Aston did. Villa's my club. How did I not know that? <laughs> I think because it like just happened yeah. a couple days ago, uh, I think. Maybe. It's been maybe kind of under the radar. And also, Pepe Reina, not quite as big of a name as he used to be, but still a decently big enough name. Sure. Although not enough yeah. for any of you well, to get well, it. Yeah, well, you guys right. know what happened today, right? You guys heard? No. Indiana Vasilez got his Premier League debut for Aston Villa. Hey! U.S. Men's National Team uh, We did not hopeful. hear that. Uh, well, now you did. Luckily, that was not one of the categories. Otherwise, that would be very, very awkward. <laughs> Might have gotten that one. So, one point for Players Phil. Players named after Harrison Ford characters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Named it for the dog. Uh, one point for Phil, one point for Ira. Daryl, you were not involved in that one. Which category would you like? That worked out well for me, right? Yeah, it really yeah, did. No, it's even. Um, Players in the January transfer window. Again, please. All right. Fair enough. I'm, and we'll see how you guys do with this one. Uh, this man has played for 11 clubs, one of them three times. Uh, but this is the, the Taylor rule of he went on loan to one of them and then signed. So keep that Does in mind. Wikipedia listed that way? What do you mean? Is the Taylor rule? Yeah. Yeah, he's listed as the Taylor rule is in effect, yes. <laughs> His uh, face is on the page, actually. <laughs> we'll, uh, qu- we'll quibble over this another time. <laughs> he scored 62 times in 116 appearances for his country. He's won silverware in five different countries, but never in the United States. He's been nominated for the Ballon d'Or 11 times, but the highest he ever finished was fourth in 2013. He won Serie A with three different clubs, but officially only two. So, uh, scored 62 in 116 for his uh, country. Won silverware in five different countries, but never in the United States. He did play there, though. Uh, he's been nominated for the Ballon d'Or 11 times, but the highest he ever finished was fourth in 2013. He won Serie A with three different clubs, but officially now only two clubs did he win Serie A with. And uh, he moved to England this January. I didn't say that. He moved in the January transfer window. He, mo- he signed for a club in the January window. Okay. Carol, 11 clubs, starting with you. He signed for a club in the January transfer window. Ooh. All right, I'm going to start with 11, mm-hmm. just to let it, let it uh, simmer, let it simmer. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go big or go home right mm-hmm. here because I think I know and I'm gonna say negative one. All right, we go to we go to Phil. Phil has a look of shock. eleven teams. So a look you, of consternation. Like, just How do I not challenge that? <laughs> How do I not do it? Okay, I'm gonna say the club is the current club that he just signed for is LAFC. You are incorrect, my friends. Oh, okay. You're incorrect, mind. which means Daryl gets the point. Mind. Oh. No, Phil Challenge. No, no, Phil. Oh, Phil, Phil Challenge. Phil wins. Phil wins. Phil, oh, my is our champion. The, the challenging route is the way to go. <laughs> it really is. It's, I feel like you all are going to be very annoyed with right, me. So, so my, my one guess was Gonzalo Higuain, but then he never played in the U.S., right? Nope. Zlatan Ibrahimovic Who? signed for AC Milan in January. Oh. So he signed for a new club. He moved in the window. Gosh, uh, Malmo, Ajax, Juventus, Inter Milan, Barcelona, Milan, Milan, PSG, Man United, LA Galaxy, Milan. I thought it was too again. obvious. Oh. Yeah. Son of a gun. I, I was trying to give you guys an easy one. I made uh, it all hard. But we have a champion. It's Phil Groom. Phil, yeah. congratulations. That is the equivalent of bunkering the hell out of the game and countering <laughs> and getting lucky one time. Should, should we, can, do we have time for one more question just so we can try and get Daryl a point oh, and yeah, he can we, save face? Just so we can keep talking about <laughs> Look at the trash talk. He's a kind oh, that's fine. Trash I can just not publish it. <laughs> <laughs> do we, the question is, do we have memory card for one more question? Uh, yeah, we got some. We, we, got, we, can, do that. Yes. we can do one more. Uh, we'll go back to the draft. How about that? Uh, this fella, and since Phil got the point, Daryl was not involved, we'll go to Daryl. Okay. Five clubs, zero repeats. Um, he was, I would have thought he played for more, by the way. I'll say that much. Uh, he was selected with the number three pick in the 2009 draft. He's made 52 appearances for his national team. Uh, could end up getting more. We shall see. He's also scored three goals, but I don't think that number will change. So the number of caps might change, the number of goals less likely. He's won the league in the United States and Mexico and nabbed an NCAA championship in 2008. He was the MLS Rookie of the Year and Defender of the Year, but not in the same season. He's won two Gold Cups and has been to one, emphasis on one, World Cup. Not two. There we are. So five clubs, zero repeats. Although I would have thought more clubs. Number three uh, pick in 2009 draft. Daryl, how many of those five clubs do you need to hear? Let's start with five. Over to Ira Jersey. Uh, 
I th- I'm going to say four. To Phil? I can do three, I think. To Daryl? I think I know it. How many national um, team caps? 52 appearances and could still get more. All right, I'm going to go... What, what did you say? Nothing, I didn't say anything. He said no, three. No, I mean two. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, three, yeah. Okay, I'll so go five, one. Five, four, three. Daryl says one. Okay, yeah. I'll challenge. One club. So I'm either going to tie Phil here or give Daryl the point. So he was drafted in 2009 to... The LA Galaxy. Whew. Defender of the year. Rookie of the year. Played for his national team. Won two gold cups. Has been to one World Cup. But specifically not two World Cups. I'm going to say it was partly his fault that he didn't go to the second World Cup, and it's Omar Gonzalez. It is Omar Gonzalez. Yes. <laughs> Omar Gonzalez, yeah. Omar Good Gonzalez. Job. LA Galaxy, FC Nuremberg. Didn't remember that one. No. Pachuca, Atlas, and Toronto FC. There is five. <laughs> so uh, we leave with Ira getting one, Daryl gets one, Phil with, with the two points. As All right. Champion. Thank you, Ira, for letting me say this. <laughs> yeah. There we are, gentlemen. We well, well done. Now, right? Well done yeah. to Phil, Daryl. Commiserations well, now to you. We have to delete Ira's segment from the show, That's right? fair. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, that makes sense to me. <laughs> is, it, is it as nerve-wracking on that side as I remember it being? I have not played the Wikipedia game in a while. I've been hosting it. It's hard. In the to, last, I've hosted like three times in the last four years. It's hard to think on your feet because, yeah. like, I was thinking it was might have been Gonzalez, but I had a feeling that that actually Daryl was gonna um, was thinking someone else. So, and oh, well, then I knew I was Alejandro Bedoya because mm. yes, I missed the MLS started with him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you repeated that, I was like, yes. Oh, okay. Right, was he drafted? Bedoya. I don't know if Bedoya was drafted. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but here's the big thing: mm. we're all sitting here just holding mics and one cup of coffee, right, mm-hmm. in Phil's hand. Normally we have a bit of paper, and you can write down. <gasps> That's the clues a as they good point. In. I forgot oh. about writing down. Oh. What I found really hard is keeping the yeah. information in my head. Because then you, the same I feel like you end up only yeah. focusing on like a couple details, and yes. you kind of omit other things. Misleading. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, you all did very well under the uh, harsh conditions <laughs> that I put you in. So thank you all for playing. Well done to all of you, Daryl. You want to bring us home? I do. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the Wikipedia game. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to hear more of it, um, let us know. And, and if we'll you were screaming into your cell phone or your earbuds or what have you, I apologize. And if you were, it's harder than it sounds. It is. Yeah. It definitely is. It definitely is. With me staring at you, waiting for you to answer, I feel like it adds a little bit of pressure. Oh, yeah. So, Taylor, thank you for hosting. My pleasure, as always. Ira and Phil, thank you for the third segment. Thank, we thank you, guys. It's great. All content is good content. Uh, so, on behalf of all of us, it's goodbye from us, and we'll talk to you again soon.